good morning, good morning. It is so good to see you. If you're watching in the morning, in the evening, or in the, or in the nighttime, late at night, we have seven services that start at 10 a.m. We go to 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10. And if you're watching at one of those times, God bless you. We are so thrilled to have you a part of our Influence family watching around the world. And literally, hundreds of thousands of people are watching uh, this service uh, somewhere in the world, and we're glad you're a part of it. Today is a sobering day for us. It's a sobering day because it's very different, very different in the way that we would normally celebrate this day of resurrection. But I want you to know that you can rest assured in the presence of Almighty God, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is with us today, tomorrow, and forever. And every hope and every fear that you've ever had he has an answer. He has a solution to take you from where you are to where you need to be in the kingdom of God. Recently, I've been watching headlines, as you have, and I've been amazed at some of the media feeds that have been taking place. Let me give you just a few of those this morning. Here's the first one. We think about the ramification of our own life and our own personal freedom and our difficulty, but I want you to think bigger than that. I want you to think worldwide, and I want you to think about those who are most impoverished in the world. Listen to this headline. Half a billion more people face poverty due to the virus. Now think about that. If things weren't challenging enough for those who were challenged with economics, it says now that a half billion more people will face poverty worldwide. How about this one? Planned Parenthood board member on COVID-19 closures says nothing is more essential than abortions. Now imagine that. We're living in the middle of a pandemic and a board member from Planned Parenthood says the most important, most essential thing we can do right now is take the life of a little baby. I want you to know the Bible says when Cain killed his brother that there was blood crying out from the ground. And today, there's blood crying out from the ground because of the tragedy of abortion worldwide. The next one, even the best science doesn't have the final word on COVID-19. I began to read through the different medical journals and I saw this headline and it amazed me that all the scientists seem to be in disagreement. There is only, the only thing they have in common is wash and isolate. But I want you to know that the wisdom of man, as great as it is, never will suppress the wisdom and the knowledge of God. In the word of God, there is a phrase that's used more than 200 times. It's the phrase, that day. It's always connected to something prophetic. It always has significance. Let me give you some of the highlights. It is, first of all, considered a distinct day, a day unlike any other day. And we're gonna look at this day in just a moment. It also is a day that's marked out in advance. In other words, it doesn't take God by surprise. It's not something that shocked him, alarmed him, worries him, or concerns him. He has everything in place. He sits enthroned in heaven, the Bible says the earth is his footstool, and he manages and he oversees and he rules not only this earth, but this universe by the wisdom of his power and his might. 
It's also considered a day to be a radical change in perspective. Whenever you approach this phrase in Scripture, it will always change your perspective. You'll get to see how God is working in a different way to do something different to bring about something that we never would have imagined. I'm reminded of the prophet Habakkuk and the words he said, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe if I told you. You see, God is working from a different perspective and a different mindset that you and I are working from. We always think about today and my inconvenience and, and my opportunities and my income and all of those things, and God says, no, 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 I've got something far greater in mind if you will trust me through these days. It's also a day that requires new strategies. The strategies of yesterday do not work. God is pushing us into a new day that we might find new ways to reach people for the glory of God, to get the message of Jesus Christ out to as many people as we possibly can, to lift up his name, to give glory to his name in a new and a fresh way. And, and whether we choose to or not, we are forced into that moment in time. Let me show you the scripture in Zechariah chapter 14 and verse nine. It says, the Lord will be king over the whole earth. You see, this is a prophetic day, and on that day, there will be one Lord, and his name, the only name. God says that day is coming, and everything that leads up to that day is setting the stage for the Lord to be king over all the earth, and on that day, there will be one Lord, and his name will be the only name. It was at the crucifixion and the trial of Jesus that they proclaimed him to be the Lord or the King of the Jews. And there was a certain discontentment that was happening there among the religious leaders. And yet what was written was written. There was a prophetic proclamation of who is Jesus. I want you to know when, when things begin to turn, when things begin to shift in our life, have you ever noticed how we come back to a center? We come back to a place where we look and say, who is Jesus? What can Jesus do in my life? How can he make my life different, better, and how can I give him glory and honor? At a recent press conference, President Trump said this, though we will not be able to gather together with one another as normally would on Easter, we can use this sacred time to focus on prayer, reflection, and growing in our personal relationship with God. I cannot remember a time when those kind of words in that kind of combination and that kind of truth have been uttered by a United States president in recent times. These are amazing times, regardless what your political views are, regardless who you like and who you don't like, remember that Paul said when he was writing the Philippians, I rejoice when Christ is proclaimed. Regardless who does it, for whatever motive they have, I rejoice Christ is proclaimed. He went on to say this, I ask all Americans to pray that God will heal our nation. Think of that proclamation going out from Arguably one of the, unarguably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful country in the world. And he says, I'm asking you to pray. Our land needs healing. The book of Romans says in chapter eight that our, even our creation groans for a liberation that'll come with the sons of God. You see, not only were you thrown into bondage at the fall of Adam and Eve, but the creation itself was thrown into bondage. There's an uneasiness 
the viruses and the things that come out of our world that create difficulty, they come out because of the fallen nature of man and the world that we live in. Let me remind you of 2 Chronicles 7.14 as an addendum to what Jesus just said and, uh, earlier. He said, if my people who are called by my name, and I want you just to pause right now and ask yourself, are you one of God's people? Would you say you're called by the name of the Lord? If you answer yes to that question, then here's what it says to do. If you will humble yourself, stop thinking you have the answers or somebody smarter than you has the answers. If you will humble yourself and if you will pray, humility, prayer, and seek my face, and if you will turn from your wicked ways, and right now I'm just gonna invite you, wherever you're watching, just to stop for a moment and say, God, would you just cleanse my heart? I wanna humble myself before you. I wanna acknowledge you as the King and the Lord. And it says, if you will turn from your wicked ways, he said, then, notice the condition. When you do that, then I hear from heaven. You see, God is listening, but he's also waiting. He's waiting to see what we will do, and then he listens to what we say. It says, and then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And that word heal there is the word rapha. It's a word that was described in Exodus the first time God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the healer God, was when the waters were bitter, and they couldn't drink the waters. Israel was on a journey of uh, traveling through the wilderness, and they came to water, and they were thirsty, and they couldn't drink from it. And Moses was crying out to God. He says, God, will you do something? And it says he showed him a tree. And he said, take the tree and cast it into the waters. And he cast the tree into the waters, and the waters became sweet. And it was there that God was, was revealed as Jehovah Rapha, the healer God. But let me take you back to that tree. That tree was not other than a picture of the coming tree that Jesus would die on, the cross of Calvary that Jesus would die on. You see, it was the tree that where he gave his life. Remember, it was a tree that got uh, us into the mess of sin. It was a tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve took from, and it brought the curse on the land. And so reversing the curse came from a tree, Calvary's tree, where sin was washed away, where mankind was made new, and mankind was made clean before God. And it says here, on that day, on that day, God is going to do something. He says he's going to heal, heal their land. And then it says the word land there, it's an actual word in the Hebrew that means the whole earth. God says when my people do something, it will have an effect on the whole earth. It's not just the land you live in. No, it's all the land, it's all the earth. When you humble yourself, when you seek his face, when you forsake your wicked ways, it says, I'm going to heal the land. I'm gonna heal all the land. And there's going to be favor that's going to come. You know, when the favor of God comes, it, it not only comes to you, but it comes to those around you. Favor has a tendency to jump from you to other people. It has an, a, has an ability to somehow lift others up where they were falling down. And I want you to know God is in the business of doing that. Have you ever noticed how we live in a day of knowledge? In fact, we have more knowledge today and less wisdom. More knowledge and less wisdom. I wanna take you to a chart here and I wanna scream it to you for just a moment. 
but it shows that how quickly knowledge is doubling. And this came from Buckminster Fuller. He developed this idea in 1982. And he discovered that up until 1900, knowledge doubled about every century. And then by 1945, it was doubling about every 25 years. Currently, on an average, it's doubling about every 13 months. And actually, the new number, this chart only goes to 2000, the new number to 2020 is it is now doubling every 12 hours. Now, if you stop and think about that for a moment, if knowledge is doubling every 12 hours, why can't we solve the problem of a virus in 12 hours? You see, because knowledge is never enough. It takes wisdom that comes from God. It takes revelation that comes from God. Some of the great breakthroughs historically in the world of science have happened in those unusual moments where those scientists have said, we don't know what happened, but all of a sudden it felt like there was something of God behind what we were doing. There was a revelation that came. There was a moment where God moved in that laboratory, in that classroom, in that house, in that garage, wherever they were searching out for truth. You see, the Bible says that ultimate truth is God. It is absolute truth. In fact, when people ask Jesus what is truth, he said in John 17, 17, he said, thy word is truth. That's the absolute truth. But I want you to know there are truths in the world that we can tap into because God put them in our universe to understand. Oh, I want you to know there is maybe an increase in knowledge, but there is a decline in wisdom, and it's because there is a famine in the land. If you visited grocery stores lately, you would think there was a famine of food. And yet I read this morning that farmers are having to bury crops because there's not enough demand for their crops. And rather than let them rot in the fields, they literally are digging up the ground and burying these in the ground. That's the day we're living in. It's a day of complexity. It's a day of contradiction. It's a day of wonder and amazement of what's happening. But Amos tells us something about the famine that's in our land. The real famine is not for food. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of God. You see, we hear about God, but we need to hear from God. We need to read his word. What is God saying to us in this day? What is God saying to you when you hear this word right now that I've just read? There's a famine in the land for hearing the words of God. Are you putting the word of God into your life? Are you hearing what God is saying? Are you meditating on the word of God? You see, the word of God is living and breathing and active, the Bible says. It's able to pierce the division of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and discern the true intentions of the heart. I don't know what my heart is like until the word is applied to it. When the word of God is applied to my heart, I begin to understand my heart. You see, otherwise I get spun off into every direction of emotion. And today we have a nation that's filled with the emotion of fear. And fear seems to dominate our thinking. Fear seems to captivate our thinking. And we have to put that aside because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We have to rise above fear as an emotion and above fear as a spirit that will disable us. You see, we have more challenges today and less endurance than ever before. 
You see, our frailty has been exposed. We have been exposed as weaker than we thought we were. Walk down an aisle at a grocery store and you'll know our frailty. So much fear, the world is going to end. So much fear that there's not going to be this product or that product for you. Forgetting that God is your supplier, not man. Is God gonna take care of you or is he not? Is God king or is he not? Is he Lord or is he not? You have to come to that conclusion in your own life and you have to pause long enough to go, God, I trust you. I don't have to have the evidence first to trust you. I trust you because it's your character to take care of me. I am your child. I was born again into the kingdom of God and I am a resident of heaven and I am a sojourner on earth and my message today has gotta be a clear, clarion message that Jesus Christ is sufficient in any and every situation that we face in life. If he is not, then is he Lord? If Jesus is Lord, then let him be Lord of your life. Frederick Sheeler said this of the 30-year war that ravaged Europe. That battle that had religious undertones went on and on and on. He said this, history brought forth a great moment, but the moment found a mediocre people. What would happen if history brought us a moment and all God found and all we found was a mediocre people that could whine and cry about what they didn't have in life? We're more worried about the economics than they're worried about living for Jesus. You see, we're living in a day that's interesting. My eye caught the, the attention. I was caught uh, off guard when I saw this ad uh, that came across Instagram. Let me walk you through it. I think it's a lot of fun. 100-year-old uh, man. It says he survived the Spanish flu pa- uh, pandemic in 1918. Now, let me just bring you up to speed with what that was. 50 million people estimated died from the Spanish flu in 1918. Now remember, that came on the heels of World War I, where we saw probably another 30 million die worldwide from World War I. So in the space of just three or four years, 80 million people died. And then the, 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 the pandemic ended, and what happened is we, nine years later, we would enter into the Great Depression, and then just a few years later, World War II, and a few years later, there'd be the Korean War, a few years later, Vietnam. You see, we're not, we're not uh, shy to be a part of what's happening in world crisis as human beings. We're active and present. But it says it killed about 50 million. Then he served in World War II. And then he got the coronavirus and survived it. He's 101. The only thing I can say is they don't make them like they used to, amen? They don't make them like they used to. Well, the war that we're in is cultural. We are in a cultural war. You say, well, isn't this a war against the virus? Well, that was the catalyst. But the real war, don't be surprised if, if you look back on life and go, you know what, I think there may be some wisdom in this, that the war was really cultural. Does it seem to you that media wants this to continue? I watch the headlines and I watch the interviews and every piece of good news that comes forth is not reported and questioned. And there seems to be this drive to keep bad news going. Why is that? Why is it that media wants to drive us to the bad news? It is because of their worldview. You see, the worldview of man without God 
is that mankind is good, and when he does bad things, that's news. But the worldview from the Christian perspective is that man is sinful, and when he does something good, that's news. It's just the opposite. There's another thing I want you to know in this cultural war we're in, and that is that government wants control. It's clearly, I was talking to one of the police officers in our church just yesterday, and he said, it's amazing to me. Now, we live in Orange County, and we've been not as touched as other places around the world have been. I agree with that. But I want to ask you this question. He said, I said, how is it? And he said, honestly, it's like the hospitals are empty. There's not the problems that we would think. There's complete order happening out here. Is, there, is this something real? Absolutely. But have we elevated it beyond? Yes, but why? Let me ask you something. If COVID-19 is seasonal and it becomes COVID-20, do we close down the world next year? Or have we already set a precedent for what we can do in terms of control? And that's the next piece I want to give you. The other thing that's culture is people will give up everything to survive. You'll give up your freedom. You'll give up your life. You'll give up your job. You'll do anything because the preservation of, of the physically human part of us is so wanting to live and to move on and to stay and to not change anything in our world. I've heard people say, when things get back to normal, let me tell you, there is, was not a normal before. You think normal was taking your kids to soccer five days a week, basketball three, missing church because all the sports activity was happening then, couldn't go to church, couldn't do this. Is that normal? We've been walking in our neighborhood and our neighbors that we've never met, we now find them out walking and they're walking with their children. And we're getting to know people. Why? Because we have time. Because what else are we going to do with our life, amen? We might as well be human. And you see, there's a change that's happening. Normal was not happening before. Maybe we'll get to normal. Maybe we'll readjust and recalibrate our spiritual clock and our, and our barometers of life, and we're gonna say, let's look at life the way God wants us to look at life. You see, I think crisis is an opportunity. There are opportunities here to do things for the kingdom that we've never thought of. There's opportunities for you in business to create new business and create new slants on your business, to, to succeed in greater ways than you've ever uh, 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 created before, where you've ever thrived before. You're gonna see new things come in your life and in your world. Just be sensitive and watch what's happening. Ask God to give you wisdom. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely and without reproach. God will give you wisdom in this time and in this season. He'll show you how you can win. You see, but you have to be strong. Jeremiah said uh, these words in Jeremiah 12, 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? In other words, if you find yourself not able to keep up with what's happening today, what will you do when the challenges really get big? And he goes on to say, if, if in a safe land you fall down, how will you do in the jungles of the Jordan? You see, God has called us to be overcomers. God has called us to be conquerors. God has called us to walk in the spirit and the power of Almighty God, amen, in the power of the resurrected Lord. Here's another truth that I think we need to embrace. We have too many kings and no Lord. We have the king of culture. We have the king of media. We have the king of music. We have all kind of kings, but we don't seem to have a Lord. You see, the question is, 
You say, well, Jesus is Lord. Is he Lord of all? If he's not Lord of all, is he Lord at all in your life? Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. You see, when he rose from the dead, it wasn't just a resuscitation to life like other people have been raised from the dead. No, this was new life, glorified life, the firstborn from the dead. And guess what? It says the ruler of all the kings of the earth. The Bible says that God holds the kings of the earth like water in the palm of his hand, and he moves them where he will. you imagine that? This is God's perspective on the world and politics, on kings and prime ministers and rulers. And it says to him who loved us, who washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see, you, came in, you come into the kingdom of God by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Christ, the Bible says, cleanses you from all sin. It says he has made us to be kings and priests. What does that mean? That means we have dominion and we can go directly to the Father. We don't have to go through a priest. We go directly to our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now these are the words, listen. Behold, he is coming. Behold, he is coming. Well, when is he coming? Well, you see, the moment that those words were spoken, the coming has started. God is setting the stage through prophetic revelation of what's happening. We're living in prophetic days. We're living in a fullness of revelation, in the fullness of the Spirit of God. We're living in the fullness of the days that God has put before us. And God says, I'm coming, I'm coming with clouds and every eye will see him. And we've had a lot of discussions about what does that mean? Are we living in the only day where we can take out our device and worldwide we can see what's happening? Is that what he means? that somehow we could live stream Jesus in his return? Or is it talking about every eye will see him so amazing, so full will be the revelation of God that it will, be, it will fill the earth without any shadow of his coming. In other words, every eye will see him and it says, look, even those who pierced him. So it's talking about those living and those that are dead are going to see him. Those who put the nails in his hands will see him. Those who cheered on his death will see him. You will see him. The dead will see him. The despotic rulers of the past will see him. Every eye will see him when he comes back, it says. And it says, and the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. They're going to go, what did we do? What a tragedy. What a mistake we made. We crucified the Lord of glory. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost following the resurrection, what did he say? He said, men of Israel, listen. This Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. That is, he's Lord and he's the Messiah you've been looking for. And it says they were pierced in their heart and they said, what should we do? And he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord. And it says here that all the earth will mourn. And it's, then Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the first and the last letter in the Greek alphabet. And I'm everything in between. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the beginning of your life. He will be at the end of your life. And he is everything in between. He is the beginning and the end, says the Lord. And notice it says, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. 
Oh, He is the Almighty, and guess what? He was there in your past, He is now in your future, or in your present, and He will be there in your future. You see, Jesus rose from the dead. Can you give Him glory? Wherever you're watching right now, just lift up your hand and give glory to God and say, God, I give you glory. You rose from the dead. Dead is, the, the dead is now dead. You are the conqueror. You are a ruler over all the kings of the earth, Jesus. There is no king but Jesus. Give him glory. Give him praise. And guess what? He's coming back. And he's not coming back gentle and riding on a donkey. He's coming back on a white horse. He's coming as a conquering hero. And on his name will be the word of God. Out of his mouth will come the sharp two-edged sword. And he will pierce through the lives of the generations that preceded him. He is the glory. Give him glory. Give him honor. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. Give him glory, Almighty God. Almighty God. Let me bless you here. And we're going to... I'm like you, brother. I want you to repeat after me, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna turn loose. The, they just they just can't take it. They just gotta sing, amen, brother. <laughs> there is no other king. Just repeat it with me. There is no other king, but Jesus. The impact of my life will extend beyond my current ability. I will seek the wisdom that comes from God, not culture. The crisis of life will only prove to make me stronger and demonstrate the spirit of the living God. I will seize every opportunity that the Lord provides to glorify His name and extend His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Do you believe that? Can you sing that unto him? Can you sing unto the Lord God right now? Just give him glory. If you don't know Christ, would you call on his name right now? Would you be saved? Let's sing this song together. Let's just sing it unto him.